Today's episode of No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business. Finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Welcome back, everybody. It's Arthur Staple, your faithful host of No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic, joined as always by everybody's favorite dog walker, Mr. Mark Parrish. <laughs> but I'm so good at it. How is that yeah, pooch doing? Really you good at better it. Now? Yeah, I know. I know. You got, hey, you just got to find what you're good at. You've had a couple of things, so. Uh, dogs hate winter way more than New Yorkers. I can tell you that. Because, <laughs> man, uh, I, I wouldn't have to clean it up in the house if you would just walk with me down the street. Yeah, no, I... I I get it. It's one of the main. Re- I grew up in, a, in an apartment, and I never, I can never get that mentality out of my head about feeling like I don't want a dog to be cooped up. A, but B, I also don't want to have to chase after him outside. So I'm glad there are people like you in the world and Nikki to to bring in all the giant dogs to your home. Anyway, um, the Islanders uh, put out a pretty nice one last night uh, in Washington, and actually, um, we were talking about this just before we got started. I didn't hate their game in Tampa either. They didn't generate a ton. They're playing a team that, after winning last night in Tampa, 19-2-1 on their last 22. So that's about as good as it gets right now in the NHL. Yep. And they have all those guys. And they have Hedman. And they have Vasilevsky. And um, the Islanders just couldn't break through very much uh, in that game. And I think they had 17 shots and maybe six or so high-danger chances, according to uh, Natural Stat Trick. But... The Islanders only gave up seven high-danger chances, and that's at all situations, including a couple Tampa power plays. Same number that they gave up last night in Washington, and the big number for me in that Washington game was zero in the third period when you know the memories of that meltdown at the Coliseum in Washington <laughs> are still pretty fresh from three weeks ago. Mm, so when you look at forget. Yeah, when you look at these two games, which, you know, the, the, the three that they played at home coming out of the break against three Western Conference teams were a little... There were definitely some loose looseness in those games. They, they managed to get five points out of six, rallied, I think, from two goals down in two of them, rallied from a goal down late in the other one against Dallas. That's kind of we've gotten accustomed, I think, the last year plus to that being the Islanders' style when push comes to shove. They know how to get points out of games. But I think yeah. if you're worried more about the underlying numbers and the consistency, I think you have to like what you saw these last couple of games against two very difficult opponents. The thing that I... Uh... I love about it. It was the it, it was the difference that I saw between when I when I was traded here in two thousand one and then the two thousand two team. Um, certain teams find a way to win, and other teams find a way to lose. Sure. And or that first season with the when I played on the Islanders, it it, it literally felt like we found a way to lose. It wasn't that we found a way to win, and then you're starting to see that confidence, and that's that's that the light switch, that's that flip that that you you find a team that finds a way to win, that has that 
belief more than anything that's the most important part when it comes to professional sports or any team for that matter everyone has to buy in everyone has to believe and that's what we're seeing yeah and i think the belief uh matters too in games like saturdays where it just you feel like you're skating in quicksand it looks <laughs> there and they they do get that late power play goal and then bailey has a has a tying goal on a stick and a nice save by vasilevsky from the slot and that was really the end of it but if you have that belief, I imagine it's easier to shake off a game where you feel like maybe there was you could have given ten or fifteen percent more, or you know you think about one chance here or there, or one play. You know the the what ended up being the winning goal for Tampa by Carter for Hagee, both Barzal and Jordan Eberle kind of turn away from him, kind of the you got him, no you got him situation, and he walks off the wall and scores to make it two nothing. Yep, those little mistakes somehow don't feel. Uh, don't linger quite as much when you're when you have that belief that like all right well we got zero out of this one we're going to get two out of the next one no matter what and lo and behold they do yeah absolutely and think about those two teams tampa washington tampa was horrifying last year and and uh unfortunately for them they they showed a chink in their armor in that first round against columbus so so now all of a sudden tampa's fighting uh, to find that same confidence that they had last year. And New York is riding it and going right into Washington, who won a cup a couple years ago, and finds a way to win. That, that's the belief. That, those, that's those situations as an organization, as a player, as a coach, Trotz, Lou. That's what they're looking at, that, that rebound. How are you going to react? All right, hey, we just... Lost to Tampa. We all know they're talented. We we know what they have. We know the weapons they have. But we also saw what they did last year. So they can't be that great if they got swept in the first round. And then you go right back into Washington and win. Those are huge victories uh, mentally. Yeah, and uh, and just a couple of details from some of these, these games that uh, they've played since we were last uh, recording. Uh, we talked a lot about Kiefer Bellows before Thursday's game uh, against L.A. And, and funny you say, team mm. didn't find a, way, find a way to lose. L.A. was up 3-2 going <laughs> to the third period in that one. And I just said to myself, I don't know who's going to score it, but I've seen this movie a lot. I think if you're an Islander fan, you've been an Islander hey. fan for more, more than a year oh. and a half. You, you know what it feels like. I've seen a decade's worth of it. So oh. there have definitely been teams, teams that you were on, teams that I've seen, teams that every Islander yep. fan has, has rooted for where you know they're not going to get points out of a certain game, even Find if they're winning by two or yep. winning, by, winning by two with five minutes left. We've all seen it happen. That L.A. team, it is interesting to see how that's, that script has flipped in the last year plus, where the Islanders seem to be the team that knows how to get points out of games, and they're playing the likes of L.A. or Buffalo or Detroit, that when, a team, when they're losing to a team like that late, you say to yourself, yeah, Islanders are probably going to find a way how to get a point or two out of this. And, and lo and behold, in that game, the guy yeah. that was the catalyst was Kiefer Bellows, who we talked about that day, having gotten his first point in his first game. And then in the second game, he scores two, including a pretty nifty goal scorer's goal from uh, with his back to the wall mm-hmm. from with about three feet of angle uh, into the side of an empty net. And, um, you know, that's uh, whether he's up for a showcase as part of a trade or he's up to maybe fill that third-line role, uh, down the road, or just to get a taste of the NHL after a pretty decent run in the in the AHL. When you have a game like that, I imagine it's not only good for you; it's good for everybody. 
everyone everyone and you know and that's the one thing about the bellows uh brian obviously uh, grew up being a fan here in minnesota uh i've I've spoken with him did a uh, did an interview with him last saturday and the one thing the bellows uh have is confidence (laughs) just literally they just put the puck in front of me let me play and, and, and that's exactly what you need as a goal scorer. That's exactly what you need when you're looking for someone that's a game breaker, a difference maker. Uh, however, it's also a great trade bait moving forward. If there's something that you don't like, if it's, no, I shouldn't say that, don't like. Uh, if, if there's something that you can help this team moving forward because of that, because of what they've done, you can't... Uh, you, you can't take away what his dad has done. And, and he has a shadow that he has to deal with. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, you know, it's it's a nice way to get uh, get himself going in his own direction. And, uh, you know, it was nice that his dad was here. It was, it was interesting to me to see kind of uh, waiting outside the family room. Uh, Brian's hanging out there and, and Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille who are now Kings executives, Hall of Fame players walk by, and it's you know it's three legendary players all standing around talking about uh, the old days or alumni or whatever. Um, and you're reminded, like you said, I think a lot of people uh, in this vintage don't really remember Brian Bellows, but I think the best the best part of the the father son story is that Kiefer was born between games one and two of the Stanley Cup Finals in 1998, when his dad was finishing up his career in Washington and playing, I think, in his third or fourth Stanley Cup final. Flew from Detroit uh, back to Minnesota, saw his son born, gave him a kiss, flew back to Detroit for game two. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a great little story. And uh, if Kiefer can, can start to make his own way in the NHL, uh, one that I'm sure will come up a lot. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, he is a confident kid. Um, you know, there's definitely some things that, uh, that he probably needs to work on a little bit more. And I think you saw he's still a young guy. Um, you know, he, he was kind of not really noticeable in that Tampa game, which is a very different sort of team than L.A. Uh, and then he sat down against Washington so Ross Johnson could get in there and try to mix it up a little bit more with, with the Caps uh, cast of bad boys like uh, Garnet Hathaway, who he fed a, about a dozen lefts to in that game last <laughs> night. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's a process. And that's what Barry Trotz would say. And that's what every player who's gone through it, like yourself would say, you, you don't just get in there and, and they let you run free unless your name is McDavid or Barzal yeah. or Eichel. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. And, and I love the fact that uh, the first game he comes in and he's just smart. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss hockey. Keep <laughs> it simple, stupid. That's you want to come in and just show that, uh, you can just sit there and play the role. You can play the game, don't make mistakes, and then all of a sudden his second game comes in and he's feeling a little bit confident. Uh, he, he gets some offensive opportunities and he buries them. Uh, that that right there is is incredible. That's exactly what you want to see as a team. Uh, uh, whether you want him to step into your lineup or whether you want to trade him Look at what you have. Look at what you can push forward. If you're Lou, uh, if you're Barry, uh, hey, uh, in inner squad competition, hey, we just brought in a youngster. He came in, played 10 minutes one night. He didn't make a mistake. He played it simple, played it smart. He gets a couple opportunities the next night or next game, and here we go. 
you, you can't ask for anything more than that. That's what you're hoping for. That's what Lou hopes for. That's what Barry hopes for. That's what every GM and coach wants is make my decision difficult. And that's exactly what he's doing. The only other uh, change I guess we saw these last couple games was um, kind of a different matchup top pair. You know, the Islanders, Barry Trotz is still going with the five-and-a-half-man theory on defense. Noah Dobson is getting his 14, 15 minutes a night, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, depending on how the flow of the game goes. Johnny Boychuk's kind of next up. He's in that high teens uh, range. Um, so the the top four had really been Nick Letty and Ryan Pollock pretty pretty consistently against the opposing team's top line when, when Barry Trotz wanted to get that matchup since Adam Pellick went out. But the last couple of games in Tampa and Washington with perhaps two of the best top lines in the league, really, Tampa with Point, Stamkos, Kucherov, Washington, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Wilson, it was Devon Taves and Ryan Pollock. And <laughs> we talked about the, the high-danger chances that, that really weren't there, and it's not solely on those guys. I think it was it's always a very group of five effort when they're on the ice, and I think we can't discount Letty and Scott Mayfield and the other guys who have been pretty strong in the rotation, especially when you're on the road. You're not going to get the matchups that you want. But Taves and Pollock saw a lot of the Kucherov line. Uh, they gave up one goal, which was the first goal of the game early in the second period on a breakaway, which is kind of a, a big breakdown all over the ice. And then they didn't give up a goal when they were on against Ovechkin, and I think the Islanders scored three, including Taves' very nice four-on-four goal. Um, so that's uh, you know that's kind of a different look. Taves, uh, Taves, I think has been has been inconsistent. Uh, you know, if you're being really critical this year, it's second year in the league. He's a defenseman. It's it's bound to happen. More responsibility, different guys that you're seeing more respect because people have noticed you from your rookie year. Um, but I think. Ramping his minutes up in the last month or so to this point where now uh, Barry Trotz trusts him to be out there against the opposing team's top line. We still don't know when Adam Pellick's coming back. I think if you can have more guys on the left side who can fill that role, uh, especially with with Taves' wheels, which are as good as anybody in the league, um, that's a big plus for them to have those two games like like him and Pollock had. And more than anything, it shows the trust Barry Trotz has in him. And that's exactly what we're looking for is the growth of defensemen like that. Uh, again, as a forward, I hate admitting this, but you win from the middle starting from goalie. Goalie, middle on up. Need a goaltender. You need a top two. Well, you, let's just not be greedy and say a top one defenseman. If you can get a top pair or a top three and mix in the bottom three, and then you go up from centers on up. That's that's as a wing. It stings to say that, but we are the least important unless we can really score a lot of goals from coming down the wing, uh, coming down the wall. Excuse me. Uh, but no, so so that makes sense. You you've got to give those guys a chance. You got to see what they can do. And this is the time of year where you're looking for that. Uh, can they do it? Can they not do it? Do are they they bought in? Are they part of the core of the team? Are they are they you know carrying the flag? Uh, this is the time of year where it all comes to crunch time. And that's why, uh, come on, Arthur, you know you love this time of year as much as me. This is <laughs> this is like a gambler in Vegas. Like, let's see what happens. Uh, most importantly, I think for Devontae, is when he scored his goal to make it 3-1 last night, no celebration of any kind. 
didn't even, I don't even think he raised the stick over his head, uh, which after doing Kuznetsov's uh, bird celebration three weeks ago to make it mm. fall on a 6 4 mm. loss, <laughs> he may never celebrate another goal again. So, um, I don't think learning. he should after that, by the way. <laughs> maybe, there you uh, go. Maybe. Definitely not against the Capitals, which is weird because he's got five. He's got five, <laughs> he's got five this year, and three of them are against Washington. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think you look it's at, more than I ever scored against Washington. <laughs> you look at Taves' overall. You know, he's he's a restricted free agent, and he's got you know doesn't have a huge body of work behind him. But 102 NHL games under his belt now since the middle of last year when he got called up, 40 points as from the defense. So uh, this is a guy who. Um, you know, like you said, you find out what you've got in guys, and uh, and maybe not only for today, but but for down the road when the Islanders have to re up with Taves. You, you think about numbers, you think about term, where he fits. You know, you've got Nick Letty for a couple more years. You've got Johnny Boychuk for a couple more years. Ryan Pollock needs a new deal. Adam Pellick's got another year at a very good number. When he comes back, it's, there's going to be room for Noah Dobson. So it's um, you know, like you said, you you find out what you have in different situations and if they can handle it and helps you get to the playoffs, and they're better battle-tested even even better. We'll get to the Jason Zucker trade in just a minute. But now, if you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED... Go to GetRoman.com slash Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Well, we've talked about uh, what's going on with the current Islander team, and they uh, get right back at it here in Brooklyn against the Flyers tonight, and then off on a four-game trip uh, through various time zones, Nashville, Vegas, Arizona, Denver, and then once they get back, all of a sudden we're within a few days of the trade deadline. Uh, and out Minnesota way, where you are, Mr. Parrish, um, <laughs> not a surprise that it was the Wild and Penguins GM Jim Rutherford that broke the seal. Billy Guerin obviously came from the Pittsburgh organization. He knows what he's he knows where what he's picking from there. Jason Zucker, who was kind of false start traded about four more four other times in the last year plus, finally did get moved. <laughs> If the fan, all you Islander fans didn't see it out there, it was for uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who's had a pretty down year in Pittsburgh. Penguins' yep. uh, 2020 first-round pick, which if they somehow fall out of it, it could become a 2021 pick. Uh, and prospect defense prospect Kalen Addison. So 
um, that kind of breaks the seal, I guess, with uh, with a little less than two weeks to go till the trade deadline. And I did hear from a couple of Islander fans, as I do when anything happens around the league, saying, "Why can't we get this kind of guy?" Well, here's why. Um, you know, go Jason ahead. Zucker, Jason Zucker, <laughs> as you know from seeing Wild games up close, is a terrific player. He is an impact yep. winger. Um, yep. The Islanders don't have a ton of impact wingers, but they do have a lot of guys who are signed for several years. Anders Lee, mm-hmm. Jordan Eberle, um, Brock Nelson, not a winger, but he's, you know, these are three contracts they just signed in the offseason, guys in their late 20s, contracts that are going to carry them through their 30s at decent numbers. Jason Zucker is a very similar contract situation. He's got three more years after this one at $5.5 million per, which is which is a bargain for a guy who could put up a bunch of goals to play next to Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. But mm-hmm. on the Islanders, you pretty much already got a guy like that in Jordan Eberle, so that's number one. Number two, that's not really a package that the Islanders are prepared to give up, I don't think, for a guy like Jason Zucker. Maybe if it was for a, a center um, or perhaps a, a really elite top-line top winger, um, you know, a first and the Islanders' best defense prospect – it's not. I mean, Noah Dobson is their best defense prospect among young guys. We don't really call him a prospect because he's in the NHL, and he's untouchable. So then you drop down. Who's their next best defense prospect? Could be Bodie Wild, who's a lot further away from the NHL, I think, than Kalen Addison is, even though Kalen Addison is still in junior. And we'll get to Bodie Wild in a minute because there was a transaction with him the other day. Um, <laughs> but most importantly, the Islanders' 2020 first-round pick, which is not really a pick they can afford to give up. I think we've we've kind of... You know, I've written about it. We've talked about it. This is not a, a team that's loaded with young talent, previous first-round picks. Um, I mean, a couple of them are at the NHL level, guys like Michael Dalcall, uh, Josh Hosang's back in the AHL, but they're not guys that are going to move the needle, really. Even Kiefer Bellows, I think, before his recall, was a guy that uh, I think a lot of teams were still pretty down on after kind of a slow start to his pro career. So, um, And really, you know, like we were talking about, the Islanders don't have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, who are on the wrong side of 30, Oops. even though they're both still incredible impact players. And Jim Rutherford yep. knows the cup window is now, and so you there can sacrifice you more more futures. The Islanders are the Islanders that close to winning a Stanley Cup? Are they in a in the mode where year after year they can continue to kick the can down the road the way that Lou used to do when they were the Devils were in that window? Um, I don't think so. I, I think they're still in the building up assets mode even though they're a very good team. So that was a lot for me. What do you think, Mark? Don't just agree with me. Come on. <laughs> I hate agreeing with you. <laughs> I know. I, I know. do. But you're right. <laughs> Their window is now. How many more years do they have Crosby and Malkin at their prime? Yeah. I mean, more than we think. But well, yes. I always say that about Pittsburgh, but they always seem to. And, and frankly, what they've done this year with both of those guys missing significant amount of significant amount of time, plus a million other guys who have been hurt who are essential to them, and they still are churning out win after win after win. A real credit to Rutherford and to Mike Sullivan. That's, there that's you not, go. Such a feather in his cap. Yeah, it's not just Sid and Gino, you know, curb stomping everybody. This is a really good, well coached, well run team. So go ahead. Sorry. Mr. Rutherford uh, has done such a good job creating uh, uh, an atmosphere for Sid and and Gino. Uh, he he knows that's uh, who else has that one two punch. 
in the NHL. He's right. got two of the best centermen to ever play the game. And he knows he has a small window for them. So that's what makes this trade make sense. Uh, yeah, you want to bring in guys that have two, three more years, two, three more years left in their prime, put on the wing with the top two sentiment in the game. I mean, they both won, both won MVPs. How many teams can sit there and say, like, yeah, I got uh, my one-two sentiment. Uh, yeah, one is Crosby, one is Malkin. Yeah, they both have been MVPs of the NHL. Uh, he knows his window, and he understands that. And I love that, of course, Billy Guerin, learning from Mr. Rutherford, uh, <laughs> comes to Minnesota and understands that, too, because I like the move he makes. Uh, I love Jason. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, there's a couple years left. This team doesn't need him as much as Pittsburgh does. That's one of the things I spoke with him about actually this morning uh, was, hey, man, you've got an opportunity. I, take it from a guy that's been traded left and right. You've got an opportunity with two of the best sentiment to play the game, and, and they're in it to win it. Will they? Uh, we'll see. I don't know about that. But... He's got to go, he gets to go and be in an opportunity, be in an organization, be on a team that it's not about making the playoffs. This is, their goal is win Stanley Cups. And that to me, like that's what, as a player, that's what you hope for. And I know that Jason's, uh, he, he married a Minnesota girl, Carly, he, he, you know, he's, he's from here. Hey, I did the same thing. Are you kidding me? He gets an opportunity to go to Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin and take a run at the cup. Yeah. Not so and, sure he's and not, not so sure how far he's gonna make it. But that being no, said, no, like no. to get that that side of the trade too, it's hard because it 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 hurts. It's tough. You're leaving your home, your home base, I should say, not hometown, and and then you know everything you're comfortable with. But the opportunity that he gets. Is is something special? I would have I would have killed to play with either one of those centermen. <laughs> no offense to Pekka, I love you, Michael. <laughs> and also, you just look at look at what Pittsburgh's got next year. They've already now adding Zucker. They've got they're around sixty nine million in in cap commitments mm-hmm. for next year. With I think two, four, six, nine NHL forwards signed. No goalie signed. Yep. They don't care. They don't care. Lou cares. Lou cares what's going on with the yep. future of this team. And I understand that you can definitely say this is not the Islanders are not rebuilding if they don't make any trades and they don't improve this roster, which is good enough to make the playoffs. And, and maybe once you get in, you never know what can happen. I'm with you all the way. I think that there are some rentals out there that they can they can commit to, uh, you know, smaller assets, move some bodies around. Um, I don't think the Islanders should stand pat at all. But I also no. don't think that they're that they're making necessarily making hockey trades without someone going out, something significant yes. going out where they can maybe yes. dump a dump a contract. Um, I just don't. I just don't. It, it doesn't feel the same. The Penguins are are forever in win now mode, and it will come crashing down on them at some point. I think a lot of people thought after the Islanders oh, swept oh them last year, oh my god, it's going to be off that, a cliff. It's going to be <laughs> off a cliff. And everybody you, around well, here is going to love it. You and I both it. know that it's going to be off a cliff. I mean, it's going to crash sure. hard for sure. For sure. However, but that's why they make um, that trade, right? I don't think I. I don't. You know, it definitely kicks off trade season. I don't know that there's a lot of other teams out there besides these two that we're going to get together on this trade. 
So that's yeah, I'll leave it at that. For but sure. Having it, said that, we haven't really seen a whole lot else. Um, and there was definitely yeah. some new some news today. Connor McDavid out two to three weeks with a quad injury. Uh, that yep. might change the change the focus for the Oilers from maybe adding to either saying we better add to get through this these next couple weeks without him. Um, so maybe JG Pajot starts to get on their radar. Um, yeah. as some center depth for a team that's lacking in a lot up front, especially when McDavid's out. And Seth Jones, ankle surgery, eight to ten weeks, so basically his season's over. Maybe he'll be back if the, yeah. if the Jackets can can get deep in the playoffs, which is never a good thing. It does help the Islanders, sad to say, because he's far and away Columbus's <laughs> best player. Um, and it's a shame that he's out because he's a fun guy to watch. But we never want to. We never want to hope for injury. No, no, no. Um, but it happens. But Col- Columbus and the Islanders are probably the two. I guess Colorado's up there too. And we learned Nazem Kadri's out indefinitely now as well. I don't know what his injury is, but these are three teams that have a ton of cap space. Um, mm-hmm. Could potentially are not really, re- you know, other than restricted thinking down the road. Certainly for the Islanders, like we were just talking about with Zucker, my, you know. Cap space is no object in terms of who they can acquire right now, especially if it's someone on an expiring contract. And I think I'd written a story last week about they could be in a very unique situation to add some assets if they take a bad contract from somebody else. So maybe, uh, you know, I'd mentioned if they felt like they needed a a true seventh defenseman who's got NHL experience is a guy like Nick Holden in Vegas. Vegas is right up against the cap. Nick Holden makes 2.2. Bring him Mm -hmm. in. You don't have to play him. He's a lefty. He'll help out. Um, he's a good dude. He was in New York before with the Rangers. He knows what it's like around here. And then Vegas can go out and make another deal for a defenseman. But having said that, you know, there's a lot, I think the Islanders now with Columbus and Colorado missing key pieces, whether they decide they want, you know, Colorado, I think is in a situation where they could certainly go for it and, and expend some assets because they've been piling them up for a long time. Um, and Columbus, you know, I, I think they still feel like they're after all the guys they let go by in free agency last year. Uh, I don't think they feel like they're in a mood. They're in a situation to, to sacrifice even more assets for the things that they gave up when they brought in Matt Duchesne at the deadline last year. So, what I, else I don't do know they that, have left? Yeah, I, uh, it's true. But the and so just with the Islanders, it still feels like to me um, that there's room to add. And and we mentioned Bodie Wild. He'd been in the AHL this whole season. He was hurt for a lot of it, um, a nasty high ankle sprain that he came to camp with after training with his junior team in Saginaw, Michigan, in the OHL. Um, so he basically, this was a throwaway season for him. I think everybody thought yeah. when he was turning pro at 19 that he might be on, you know, closer to the Noah Dobson, Oliver Wallstrom path. But that's a huge setback for, for anybody to miss training camp, especially for a kid in, in his first true training camp. Oh, yeah. he, got, he got in 20 games with Bridgeport. I think he had two points, um, which is not really representative because Bridgeport doesn't score. Um, <laughs> so, But I think uh, sending him back to Saginaw, which the Islanders did yesterday, uh, is, a, is a good move uh, twofold. First, Saginaw is a very good team. They're one of, the loaded, one of the loaded up teams in the OHL. They're in first place in their division. Playoffs are around the corner in a month or so. He can jump right in, play big minutes, do the things that he had done last year. Uh, get his confidence back up, get some, you know, get in more of a playing rhythm, play some important games, and then he'll be ready to go once next year's training camp rolls around. The second thing is that it takes a contract off the books. The Islanders were at 49 of 50, which can you can't go over 50, so that limits yep. the number of bodies you can bring in. So now they're down to 48. So that's two slots in case they want to 
just trade draft picks or um, you know for for rental players they can they can bring in two possible bodies um, so you know it's uh, it's kind of a twofold move there and really uh, a simple one even if you know if you know that that Bodie Wild might be better off playing bigger minutes somewhere else um, and giving yourself more flexibility not to say that Lou's going to use it in the next couple of weeks but at least you have it that was that was all just some great detail and, and all i could think about was uh think about those options everything that you just discussed um the the new york islanders are not in a rebuild they're they're in the building process and they're a lot further along than than i think a, a lot of people uh and and experts uh, uh realize yeah they've got some uh They've got those. Lou Lamarillo has that many options uh, to move along, and he knows that they're not that far off. He's got the coach, he's got the core. Now it's filling in the pieces. Uh, now it's finding there is Noah Dobson. Uh, you know, are these players? Can they? Is Kiefer Bellows? Are are those our answer? Uh, and, and whether I, and it's not going to get he's not going to make the decision of the trade deadline. He's not certainly not going to do something knee jerk. Uh, he's going to move on. And he's going to talk to to Barry. He's going to talk to his confidants and and, and move forward because yeah, are the Islanders uh, uh, a cup contender in the East? Yeah, if 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 you know Barlamov, if Grice really really get really really gets hot and. Maybe Barzal, or maybe it's uh, Nelson, or whoever it might be that that gets really hot. Uh, but but they're not really there, and he knows that. So I, I love the fact that they're in a building process, but they are so much closer to a cup contender than people I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, and and they're they're not built like a team that's building slowly. You know, you look. We talked about no. Zucker Zucker would be a good add, but that you know it kind of duplicates it. Of their top six wingers, Lee, Eberly, Bailey, Pavillier, only only, only yep. one is a young guy. I mean, 29, yeah. 30 is not young in the NHL anymore. No, um, no it is not. So, uh, you know, it's just it's hard to it's hard to project several years down the road what things are going to look like. But I I don't think um, I don't think Lou is overly patient but i also don't think he i think he's realistic with what he's got and that's why we haven't really seen anything happen yet it's a lot to do with the market the you know some of the players out there are not teams are not ready to move them they're trying to yep. get the, you know bump up the prices on guys but also the teams like the islanders still have to see what they've got this is a huge week ah. they started off the right way uh last night they've got to keep it going tonight against philly who's a point behind them and then they go to see some unfamiliar teams nashville vegas Arizona, Denver, tough places to play. Uh, by the time they get back, I think um, I think you'll know which way this Islander team is headed, and maybe that will kind of spur Lou on to do something, or maybe he's already got yeah. something ready to go with this with this Bodie Mild move. It's um, it, it, you know, <laughs> we're we're always just guessing with Lou, but uh, but I think you can use, you <laughs> I'll can just use say you nailed it both ways there, buddy. <laughs> you can use your common sense to see that this roster. To give up the assets that, that the Penguins gave up is not really where the Islanders are. And, that's, and yeah. that's the simple truth. And I think that might disappoint some fans, and I get it because you want some action. No. But uh, but I think everybody who lived through the, the Mike Milbury era of yeah. 
trades, 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 uh, it's not always the, the best course of action. And Lou, I know, has only made one trade in his entire tenure, which is coming up on two years at the end of the season. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, uh, when you've got a good team and a team that's, uh, you know, got a lot of chemistry and they've overcome some obstacles and they're not as talented as some other teams and, you, and you're built on we first over over individual guys to pull the trigger even on a on a you know a second rounder for jg pajo is uh is a big decision to make and it's a risk it's, it's a, a risk. risk it's a risk we've talked about it you bring in a guy even a guy who's not necessarily gonna lead you know put the team on his back and it still alters the chemistry so um, yeah i think we've still got a little time before we see any any real moves from anybody um including the islanders but uh but, uh, but, you know, you have to imagine that uh, that there's things that are on Lou's radar and um, we'll sort of see where the chips fall now with some of these other teams that have uh, got some key players out as well. Yeah. Damn it. I got to agree with you again. <laughs> I know. Well, let's finish on a high <sighs> note here. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. We'll catch you again in a couple days. Thanks again, as always. Thanks.